Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly. Gamefly is a way to buy and rent all your favorite games while saving money. Go to Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games, and have them mailed directly to your door. Go to Gamefly.com slash NVC and start your free premium 30-day trial today. Nintendo!
Nintendo Voice Chat. I'm Jose Otero. This is IGN's Nintendo Show. And coming up on Nintendo Voice Chat, we're talking about games we're playing in terms of Minecraft, NBA Playgrounds, and also uh, Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia. So that's good. Then we're going to follow that up with our reactions to Nintendo's E3 plans for 2017. And finally, we're going to have some questions from you in the question block. Joining me this week, Brian Altano. Rap, rap. And which is such a dignified uh, brap. <laughs> Did you hear the brap? Brap. <laughs> and uh, the the other uh, dignified brapper, uh, Per Schneider. Good duck. Good. Okay. There we go. There's the energy. There's the energy. I like it. We swapped energies. So uh, they have swapped energies. And a bit of housekeeping, a reminder to make sure that you subscribe to IGN.com uh, on YouTube or to Nintendo Voice Chat on YouTube. We'd love to not only engage with you and keep you up to date on our latest episodes, but engage with you talk to you in the comments you'll see us in there trust me um and so we should get started with games that we're playing so let's start with uh what do you want to wait on e3 we do have to wait on e3 all right all right i'm just i'm really excited about it yeah we we are going to talk about it i'm sorry i just i want to start a little low and then pick up uh so do you want to talk about minecraft first fire emblem echoes shadows of valentia first or nba playgrounds so i'll let you guys choose um are you playing minecraft i am playing minecraft yeah a little bit yeah let's start with that then okay so the nintendo switch edition is out this afternoon the date of this recording and uh this is so first of all with this you're getting the switch version of the game which uh is pretty much fully featured you have your creative suite you have your uh your survival mode you have online multiplayer you have the battle mode that came out uh more recently you have the tumble mini games as well which is great you have touchscreen support which yeah. i don't even think the wii u the version, wii u version did that. not have yeah. yeah and you have uh one that even displays a, a larger sized world than what the wii u version was capable of at the time yeah um so it's an upgrade and it has all the kind of the mario yeah. trimmings and all of that the Mar- mario mashup pack yep, as yeah, they yeah. call it yep <laughs> Uh, that TM that, that they have that in there as well, uh, and yeah, this is this is basically something we all called the minute it showed up on Wii U. We were like, yes, of course. Everyone who is in the comments or on the internet complaining, this is a late edition for Nintendo. Absolutely, you have every right to point that out. But it is a guarantee it will show up on the next system, and it did within the first six months. Right, and I mean, whether it's late or, or early or years after it came out, Minecraft is one of the most popular, most beloved games ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea of people finding it for the first time today is still so exciting to me. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's, it keeps on happening on the yeah. other consoles. I mean, the numbers are really good. Every yeah. week this game keeps on selling. Well, Microsoft paid a lot of money yeah. for it, and they're going to keep selling it so they make that money back. And that's the crazy thing. It's a Microsoft game, and they have not yet kind of clawed it back and yep. said only on PC and Xbox. They're still allowing um, this on all the all the different platforms. Yeah, which is pretty cool that there's like there's in the launch window for the new Nintendo handheld hybrid console is a Microsoft game, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, published um, by Microsoft games. I, I love Minecraft. If you've never heard of it, I mean, I, it's, uh, I'm not even going to waste your time explaining it. Uh, it it's, the information is out there. You can find it. Yeah. But the cool thing about Minecraft that I really, really love this time around is it's a perfect fit for the Switch. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of game that you want to just play while you're watching TV. You can play for a couple hours on an airplane. Um, I got really into the Vita version, mm-hmm. and I got really into the iOS version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I even bought it on my on my Kindle. 
Like I've, anything, any handheld with a screen, I've played Minecraft on at this point. Yeah. Um, and you can play Minecraft many different ways. There's a survival mode, which you can start from the beginning, build a house out of mud, try to live through the night and, and fight demons and monsters and stuff like that. Or the creative mode, which lets you jump right in and uh, just build anything you want, fly in the air, live forever, you, nothing hurts you. Yeah. The cool thing about the Switch version specifically is it's got those Mario skins right off the bat, which isn't just a texture pack. They actually built an entire really cool Mario themed world that you can walk around in with giant statues themed on Mario's there's warp pipes in them that all work within the weird confines of the physics Bowser has his own space you have a sun that's in the shape of the sunshine uh, logo you have a lot of the trimmings and little homages here and there and this was all made by 42J Studios I believe I'm saying the the, the developer behind the port made these as part of the Nintendo deal I uh, I, it is wonderfully done we've talked about it definitely with the Wii U version I had wished with this port that someone would have said Zelda uh-huh, yeah. or, or Fire Emblem right. or, or even Met- no, no Metroid? Yeah, no, maybe. Of that yeah. Game. maybe. Um, but, think, but we didn't get that and that's not to say this is soured because of it but I was hoping for that. I think this is the um, this is sort of the play it safe era for third parties on Switch in general and the fact that we got Minecraft two, three months after launch. I mean, the fact that we got one of the biggest games of all time after Breath of the Wild, after Mario Kart. I mean, I personally could have waited on this one for a little while, but yeah. the fact that it's out now is really cool. It's good to get it out there now. And like, as a parent, my kids, I think, are at this point where, where they're over Minecraft and they're playing other games. Yeah. Um, you know, they played it a ton. First, on I introduced, it to, introduced them to it on console and then they went right on PC and only played it on PC together. Um, but this version, you can play split screen in tabletop mode. So if you are taking a trip and you're staying at a hotel at night, you have your entertainment with you. There's just well, a, there caveat a caveat with the controllers, yeah. right? Do you want me or Yeah, no, explain it. So uh, just so you're aware, uh, obviously, like any Switch game, it runs in split screen. But because Minecraft is a bit more complicated in terms of you need a look stick, which you don't have a second analog stick on one of those Joy-Con, you cannot play play it split Joy-Con. You have to have a second controller or a second set of Joy-Con to really mm-hmm. play it that right. way. Um, and that's something that, I mean, I, I'm not upset by that. I feel like it I'm is okay. a natural limitation. Yep. There is no nub. I mean, you could put, potentially Nintendo could put a seat stick on there at some point. Or, it would or look tilt. weird. Or, or, or tilt, I tilt guess, to look. look. You could. Maybe. Um, actually, that's not a bad, that's not a terrible huh. suggestion. Yeah. It probably is a terrible suggestion. Yeah, that's right. What am I doing? I, I, I'm fine bringing along two more Joy-Con and a Pro Controller. Yeah. Right. I don't think that's a big deal, but no. it's just, how cool is that, that you just, you have this kind of like small box you can bring with you and you can, mm. you know, your kids can play three-player player Minecraft uh, or four-player Minecraft on the go. We saw the same sort of technical limitation issue happen with LEGO City Undercover, which had split screen on the go, but required, you know, a Pro Controller or two extra Joy-Cons. I think the cool thing with that, though, is like if I wanted to bring my PS4 and two controllers on a trip, I'd have to bring our PS4 and two controllers. Mm-hmm. With the Switch, you have your Switch that has the controllers on the side and you just throw in two extra Joy-Cons in your bag or whatever. No TV needed. No TV needed, which is really cool. And it does four-player split screen on one Switch screen, which we saw with Mario Kart as well, which, again... 
We all laughed at that first reveal commercial. commercial yeah. We said no one will do that. We are very often finding ourselves doing these things. There is a commercial going on right now. If you go to our product and engineering team, uh, instead of fixing things, there there's always somebody so playing Mario Kart exactly on a on a tiny little screen. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's just like it's interesting awesome. too because the Switch, uh, in some ways, and this is slightly related, uh, has become the the console for settling the beef in whatever game you're trying to settle it in, whether it's going to be Smash Brothers in the future, because you know that's a that's a when, that's not an if. But with Mario Kart, absolutely. Like, there's a bunch of uh, racing going on in the office, and there's a lot of, hey, I can take you. Oh, yeah? Boof, drop yep. it. Let's go yep. right here. Um, and that's it. So I'm curious that's about pretty... Street Fighter. That's going to be interesting, too. It will be. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we'll definitely have more to talk about, I think, yep. with that one uh, in the future, because that's coming up. But Minecraft uh, Nintendo Switch Edition should be out today. Uh, you should 20. definitely... I believe I can double check. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Yeah, and of course, the digital version first, physical later. They did the same thing with Wii U. I mean, I'll be, I'll be completely frank. Like, it's a little steep for that game, but it's like what you're getting is is really great. Yep. Um, for someone like me, it's kind of a no brainer. I'm at the point now where I just keep buying Minecraft over and over. But for maybe you're a parent and you want you, your kid wants to play Minecraft, I don't know if like that's a better deal than just handing your kid your phone with the you know the seven dollar iOS version or Android. Yeah, but this um, one. Has has the like the built-in co-op I, I yeah. really like like as a as a parent playing with your kid you can create together and I do um, you know and then the handheld factor against the console it's like just like um, you know just like Mario Maker I just love creating something while watching TV yeah there. and so I mean that just works great the, the marriage of button controls and touch stream uh, touch screen functionality which I, the touch screen stuff is limited but it lets mm-hmm. you you know switch between your dozens and dozens of different types of blocks and bricks and yeah. stuff like that yeah. so I mean that's cool I think it's really awesome. I'm really excited. Yeah, to play and Mario. from the beginning, the Mario mashup pack was a great idea. I think uh, in my head, uh, I want to believe that there is a world where it makes business sense to sell more yeah. as much as people may not like that idea. But I do think Nintendo is sensitive to letting another developer sort of sell their IP. And I'm sure that part of the reason this deal came together was that Mario got offered up as this, this big sort of homage piece within mm-hmm. Minecraft, which I think was really yep. smart. It was a great play on both sides. And I, I forget uh, so to- if you don't follow it up, I don't think it's the end of the world but i do think it would be cool if you did I forget the timeline here if the mario stuff was announced by mo yang before no, i was together yeah before the sure. micro, or before microsoft bought them out oh oh i'm wondering yeah, if, i'm yeah. wondering what that puts on any sort of future limitations of being like we want zelda we want metroid yeah, like yeah. maybe yeah. maybe we'll get blinks the cat instead <laughs> <laughs> oh god run them separately that? and the skin packs have been like pulling from all sorts of franchises yeah, too. yeah and there's also sort of more generic skin packs that are there in the switch version at launch there's like a like a halloween. greek theme and halloween yeah. and then like a kind of more realistic texture packs yeah. which obviously Dr. colors that's yeah, all yeah, it is that's really realistic yeah, yeah it's so realistic all right so uh, our next game we'll discuss then is uh, Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia. This is for that system called 3DS, which some of you listeners may have said, well, I've moved on. Mm-hmm. Too bad. <laughs> Here we are. It's coming out next Friday on yep. May 19th. Uh, and we talked a little bit about the DLC pack last week. So, Perry, you and I are playing this. Yep. So uh, this is a return to classic Fire Emblem to an extent. Super classic, right? Okay, it goes classic? back to, to Gaiden. So, you know, a game that predates a lot of games that modern Fire Emblem fans will, will obviously know, like Awakening. And, okay. um, and so with it, like you, you can, it, it is a little stiffer, right? Like when you're moving units around and like just the way the support systems work, it is, you can tell it's from a different age. But what they've done is they've really upgraded it, um, on the visual side, mm-hmm. like the 3D dungeons, for example, the town exploration. And it's not, it's not 
not free town exploration. You kind of um, select points a on a little map. bit more like an adventure game. Yeah, yeah, and it's exactly like an adventure game with like characters you can talk to. You can even have some point and click like yeah. exploration resources that find you pick some up hidden from the ground. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like it took some of the the kind of like uh, hidden object uh, stuff, pulled it into this. But like I was really impressed by you know the 3ds engine that they built for it. Mm-hmm. When you're running through a dungeon, it runs super smoothly, yeah. and you can explore a dungeon. And of course, the moment you run into an enemy, it switches to your kind of classic 2D map view. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, look, I dig it. Uh, they, these are great characters. You know, Celica and Alm are, are really cool, and um, it's it's great that a game that otherwise would have been forgotten by at yeah, least American consumers America, coming back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. And uh, the stuff with the 3D dungeons, very much you've seen before if you've played Persona 5 or if you've yep. even played uh, you know, some of the more recent Dragon Quest remakes, just the idea that you can see the enemy before you engage. And I guess Fire Emblem has always had that, but you're not moving around a space. You're always moving around a map. Um, and you still have the advantage of if you swing first and you land a hit, all the enemies, when the battle starts, will have slight health reduced, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and I like that they're taking a classic approach, but still finding neat ways to experiment. Mm. And honestly, it raises sort of my expectations. And I, I know we've talked a little bit about the, 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 the challenge with Fire Emblem fatigue, with having you know, so many Fire Emblems in recent history, yep. especially when you consider that the 3DS as a platform was kind of the renaissance platform for Fire Emblem, at least for the Western market, right? Like with Fire Emblem on 3DS, it's performance as well or better than what's selling in Japan, which yep. is crazy. There was a time where that was never true. Yeah. I want to say the Game Boy Advance era. I almost said the Game Boy. Um, <laughs> it's a good choice. What they call um, it in Germany. Yeah, yeah, the, the Game Boy Advance. So I'm happy to see what this game is presenting, and I'm curious what, what and how it influences the next game. One thing you didn't mention, uh, the auto advance, too, with text, I think is really oh, yeah. smart. There's a lot of voice work in this game. Yeah. yeah. So you just hit X basically when your character speaks out loud you just hit X and it'll automatically advance to the next line of uh, uh, of spoken dialogue there's a lot of text it. and yeah. like so you can just let it run like a cutscene which mm-hmm. is really nice oh, that's, uh, that's another you say it's like a persona does yeah, that persona's really well. been doing you know, that for yeah, a while Shimagami Tensei have done it oh, I um, love that yeah. yeah and the opening is incredibly chatty um, the game in general chatty. is very chatty. Yeah, um, I, and that's not necessarily a negative, but just that you're not going to just jump right in and dive into your first battle. Like, they do set up some story context. Yeah. Who your characters are, who your friends are, the kids you grew up with, like that kind of stuff. It's all the backstory pieces that you sort of expect, but... I do wonder how modern Fire Emblem fans, specifically people who just came on board this train with like Fire Emblem Awakening in 2013 or with uh, Fire Emblem Fates more recently even, how they will take to this. Because I yeah. think that this is a bit of a separation from what they're expecting. Even Fire Emblem Heroes players, you're going to come to this game, there's no weapon triangle. Right. Like That's how different this game yeah. is. And then it does have this kind of Leighton-esque like, conversation system and all that, you yeah. know, it's a, and, and exploration system. Yeah, it is different. I think people who are in it mostly for like the the chess game of it or like Archon if you're into classic action kind of uh, strategy games like that. If you're into that element, um, I think the chattiness will turn you off a little bit like yeah. just the general kind of adventure game aspect of it but I think anyone who loved the character relations the storylines and the old ones I think will feel right at home yeah yeah so to an extent I mean because there's definitely the support conversations happen on the battlefield they don't happen yep. separately from that yeah, yeah. And the, the thing I like about this and I actually I didn't think about it um, when they announced it like this whole kind of like echo sub brand, glad you brought right? this up. Um, it almost feels like they get to do something different 
and then kind of do something like aren't, they aren't bound by what they do with the mainline series mm-hmm. because because with the mainline you had like this remember uh, you had this this city this town you can customize you had the relationships you can build between the characters and the marriages and the kids and all that like that feels like a game system when when they kind of erase that there'll be a lot of fire emblem fans who are upset Right. Whereas like this game basically says, oh, that's not us. This is a different game. It goes back to the kind of like classic formula. And I think it's cool because they actually um, they're working with new stuff like the explorations. Yeah. Even the level up sound is not the classic. It's like it's very different. And you're just kind of like thrown for a little way. What? It's Gaiden. I mean, Gaiden, it means side story in Japanese. That's what this game was. Do you guys feel like Nintendo is doing a good enough job of sort of, you know, levying out these expectations before the fans come into this game? I think they. I think they're definitely trying. I see uh, uh, some effort on trailers. Uh, they're using the treehouse blog for that log for that, as they call it. Um, it's treehouse the big log? question. Yeah, that's what they call the Tumblr, where treehouse sort of posts like stories. Yeah, I know. It just sounds like they're chopping it down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sad. Yeah, it is worrisome. Um, I worry that that's maybe dumb, that stuff's not filtering down to the Fire Emblem fan. But then again, the super fan is keeping is is very much aware this game exists. So we'll we'll see how this plays out. I think it's first week in Japan though. It did not outsell fates and didn't perform super super off the charts mm. but that that's not an indicator of much is that marketing or is that like way. people know oh i've played this before maybe some of the old school fans. maybe it's interesting to yeah, me yeah. that yeah. you know yeah. no i, I definitely need to look at the numbers more sorry yeah, especially now you have this massive you know sort of more casual mobile audience coming in that might be checking mm. it out for the first time you yeah know? yeah no definitely i agree um like that seemed to have worked with uh pokemon sales last year after pokemon go mm-hmm. uh, they had record sales with that franchise in the fall yep. um so i'm interested to see how many of like the new kind of i just played my first Fire Emblem on mobile, people come over to the 3DS yeah, game yeah. shot. Yeah, no, and Pokemon, though, as a brand at least, had way more widespread appeal, yeah. right? Like, I yeah. mean, just, just the idea of the next generation of Pokemon, whenever that comes up, well, this is it. I'm coming yeah. back to 3 Like, yep. they, they yep. come in troves. They come from all corners of the of the earth. Um, and, and that's pretty much how the it earth. Is, is it sad that my biggest takeaway so far is that I cannot wait for a Switch version of Fire Emblem? No, because, I'm like, excited. seeing what they squeeze out of the like out of the 3ds visually and like the experiments with you know going back to old systems and introducing new ones i'm like all right what is switch gonna be like dude you know, I mean, like, like, are they gonna do something with split screen it was or? that era where we've started getting blu-ray players and we still had a couple dvds sitting mm-hmm. around and you're like when is this gonna come out on blu-ray mm-hmm. and you still watch the movie and it's still really fun but that's kind of where we are with a lot of 3ds that's a good analogy right yeah that's you a know, good way to put it we'll um, get there you know yeah, I'm really excited, I, especially from NASA perspective. I agree. Like, what is it going to look like? Yeah. What is it going to sound like? Is it going to have like those incredible cutscenes they put the effort into with like Awakening and Fates, where they were like 3D Not model? Quite as good, yeah. Yeah, these are more like traditional old school animation. It kind of fits with the vibe of a classic game, but yeah. right. it makes you wonder too. Like, did you go with this because it was cheaper, and you're putting all that towards something else? I'm wondering if they rendered the cutscenes and then they ran out of space or didn't want to make the cartridge bigger and just kind of did some cutscenes of all the slideshows. Like yeah. they they do these slideshows where you see a character like run into the distance like this like disappearing like chop 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 and you're like that it looks too good like the rendering looks too good i wonder okay. if they they brought it back down or if they always started with that there's some full full motion stuff right and the amount of voice is just crazy it is yeah. a lot so of much. chat yeah i've only met one villager who didn't have a voice so yeah, far. Well, was that designed that way or uh, i think they just forgot him yeah uh, i mean you think about like breath of the wild was 
was sort of the same way. Nintendo is kind of sticking one pinky toe into that entire cinematic world of like how it had a telegame with more cuts, cutscenes and mm-hmm. FMV stuff and yeah. uh, full voice acting, good voice acting, yeah, good voice fire acting, right? emblem here, yeah. yeah, and like having the having certain characters have so much say, and then you go to the next cutscene and no one's talking. Like I think they're getting there little by little. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. absolutely Baby steps. Yep. All right, uh, so let's talk about NBA Playgrounds then. Uh, so this is the sort of, at least from appearances, uh, a return to arcade yeah. two-on-two basketball. Yes, yes. Um, and so I'm really curious about this because I am a big NBA Jam fan. I am a huge NBA Street fan mm-hmm. back when that was really good. Uh, in fact, this, just this morning, I, I saw my copy of NBA uh, Street Volume 3, the one that had the Mario crossover in it. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. That's Remember right. that? Yeah. I saw that there, and my worry with this game is that it looks like a generic knockoff of it, even though there's some attention to detail in this thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. So talk to me. So I put a couple hours into this game uh, flying over the weekend, which is pretty cool because it was it gave me an opportunity to see what this looks like on handheld mode. And he's flying. He's flying. <laughs> he's on fire. Uh, the I'm downtown. The. Uh, the weird thing about this game right off the bat is that if you remember playing Snake Pass when it first launched on the Switch, it had this weird sort of blur to it, like a Gaussian blur almost. It had in like portable a, mode. In portable yeah. mode where it had yeah. kind of like, it just felt like there was like Vaseline on the screen. Yeah. Just a weird smear to it. Yeah, somebody turned on the colors. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing you didn't really notice until you jumped over back to like Breath of the Wild or you play some Mario Kart and you're like, these are very crisp games. Um, so it's got kind of that thing going for it. Now this is a game that just launched and they're going to be working on it and patching it. They I, I said from the jump that, no pun intended, that they're going... <laughs> Too late. Don't. <laughs> that they, they're going to <laughs> you did it. He's I not. did it. I walked right into that. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's not the jump. I'm not the jump. Uh, so they, they said that they're going to add some more functionality like online stuff and, and this and that. But gameplay-wise, um, I'm kind of torn on this game because it's just fun enough that it feels like a quick, casual, arcade, pick-up-and-play basketball game. I'm not the biggest sports guy, but I love I love that, like, SNES, N64 era. Exaggerated, era. wacky, yep. crazy, all... He's on fire! Yeah, like, Matrix. I used to love NHL hits and yeah. Blitz oh, and, and Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey and Space nice. Jam... Uh, not Space Jam, uh, and NBA Jam. I, I don't know, did they make a Space Jam video game? I think they, they did. They I'm pretty one. sure there was a Super Nintendo cartridge yeah. on picture yeah. in my head. Um, and so, this game kind of feels like that. It's very pick-up-and-play. It's very easy to jump into the characters are very they have like that dk big head mode thing going on caricatures yeah yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. super um and the way you collect characters in this game each team in the game only has a couple of characters there's this like trading card pack system so when you launch the game they give you a bunch of trading card packs that you open up and there's this animation of you opening them which is pretty cool it's like very 90s right like growing up yeah and you get a couple cards and you start to unlock players and then you start playing and it's not really like you know the nets versus the lakers or something like that it's kind of like Okay, so you get one guy from one team, one guy from another team to fight, one guy from one team versus one guy. So from your dream team, your pair, yeah, your best yeah. cards. Forward. Your dream team of the cards you have. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Which sure, is sometimes like, you know, Jason Kidd and a guy you've never heard of. And sometimes <laughs> it's like, you know, two yeah. people that you've never heard of yeah, versus yeah, yeah. one guy you've never heard of and somebody you, you have. Yeah. So um, my main concern with this game is that it's both too simple and too complicated. It feels wow. very arcadey uh, and very pick up and play. And that's really fun. The two on two thing is great. It moves quickly. Passing and stuff like that is super easy. Elbowing people, getting the ball back, and going up and down the court is fun. It runs nicely. It runs nicely. But 
when it's time to do like special moves, I feel like it's overly complicated to the point where you have to be sort of exactly precise with your timing. Um, and that's kind of the thing that the game runs into all the time is sort of, it wants to be very robust and kind of simulationy, but it also wants to be quick pickup and play. And for the time you'll spend in the menus, sort of like tweaking certain things and, and figuring out what you want to do next. There's also 45 second load times, mm-hmm. which you're like, I want to jump into a game of basketball. I, I should be able to just hit a button and get in yeah. there. Like Mario Kart shouldn't have you know, way shorter load times in a game like this, which is, I believe, taxing the game way less. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it doesn't. It, it definitely doesn't. Um, have it's as much not optimized. Visually. Yeah. That well, said, the, I feel... The developers said, though, that they're going to patch that. Yeah, stuff, that's to, the thing. And that's that exactly it, right? I was going to say, like, I think this game will grow and get to a point where it's much more fun. Um, it's right now still a cheap pick-up-and-play game. Like, it's not 50 bucks. I believe it's only, like, 20 or $30, right? Yeah, I believe it's 20 bucks. It's it was 19 this morning. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, and I want to see, I want to see more stuff like this on the Switch, because I you know we don't have any like proper sports simulation games coming outside of fifa and nba eventually mm-hmm. but right now this is the first sports game on switch oh yeah right? that's right no it's true and yeah. everyone has giant heads so it's like kind of goofy yeah. but so i think there's a fun game in there um i want to see how it sort of grows i want to see them tweak a couple of things i want to see them be a little more lenient on just the how the finite level of perfection it takes to totally nail something because you should be able to just light that net on fire whenever you want right? yeah, and it's a shame switch missed uh, the nba jam revival even like on fire edition which i think was the last time we saw nba jam yeah. it was a uh, ps3 xbox 360 and we and we yeah it started on Wii, yeah. in fact and then sort of made its way into hd but i don't think it's available on ps4 or 360 like yeah. there is a there is a license and there's a there's a brand that like yeah. for a system like switch that is definitely appealing to sort of casual and hardcore market like you can loop a lot of that laps gamer a lot of laps gamers yeah. with bringing back nba jam and just having to right there and then like to, to one-on-one basketball like yeah, the problem amazing. is always license extensions with sports right like i mean it'd yeah. be awesome if they could just flip that game and, and put it on the switch but they they obviously and likenesses cost a lot of money and you got to go through the players association yeah that'd be really cool i didn't even think about that yeah. did you play a two-player did you? Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's fun, yeah. but it's like, you know, with two people who are just sort of casually jumping in, mm-hmm. same kind of issues. Um, my biggest concern, and Jose, you and I were talking about this before, mm-hmm. is uh, basketball is an incredibly score driven video game or a game in general. Yeah. Hockey, you could watch a hockey game for three hours and it's like one to nothing at the end, and you know in your head it's one nothing. Or soccer. Or soccer, yeah. These are very long, low scoring games. Basketball, like, basketball games end like 140 to, <laughs> to <laughs> in some cases, 42 yeah. sometimes. It could be like 101 to something. Something like 80 yeah. to 86, you yeah. know, 83. Totally. Um, you're constantly worried about how sort of specific that score range is between you and your opponent. And this game does not show you the score of the game you're playing <laughs> until you run by the scoreboard in the center of the court. And that's kind of a problem. Yeah. And maybe it gets better with, with more courts. There's no overlay to be, to be super specific, right? Yes. There's no overlay on screen that's showing you and updating the score constantly. Yeah. You have to kind of use background elements to keep up, yeah. which is like, wait, what? Like, yeah. what, what is this? Like, yeah. why? It's so, I mean, you do run by that scoreboard a lot and it, it, you get used to it, but it's not, I don't think that's, I think they need a better solution. It's a real quick lower third or upper, upper, upper corner overlay that mm-hmm. just tells you the story of what's happening. Well, I hope Saber's uh, committed to keeping, uh, sort of updating this game yeah. because I feel like this is the first NBA anything that I've had some interest in. Me too. You know, I feel like, uh, at least for the 2K series, I, I've kind of shied away from The Sims and wanted a bit more of the arcade Like, I miss, 
I miss, uh, especially there was an era in like w- with the sim games where they were trying arcade ideas. Like I'll never forget when EA had in NBA Live, there was a dunk contest. Yeah. It was super freaking hard to do the dunks because you had to do like these Street Fighter-esque combinations and like spin the analog <laughs> two times. Yeah. But you can do some crazy stuff. And I remember just me and buddies like just losing our minds trying to see who can top this. And that's so much fun, again, for a system that you can probably play anywhere. So I hope yeah. someone, if, if it isn't Saber and NBA Playground, someone is looking at this yeah. and is willing to pick up the ball in, in the right way. I mean, our car, arcade sports games had a little bit of a revival when like Mario Strikers came out too. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Nintendo tried their luck at it too. Yeah. And tried to do every sports under, uh, you know, on the planet and like a lot of them failed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, a, a smart targeted approach to some of those key sports would be really awesome. It would, yeah. You know, Blitz ruled arcades for so long. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I do. Know, on the I NFL do. sign. We have a yep. Blitz arcade cabinet here at IGN. Yep. Yep. Still running. All right, so then let's move on to topic number two. And this one uh, will be specifically focused on our reactions to Nintendo's E3 2017 plans. So this morning, Nintendo came out and made the following statements. Basically, we've seen this playbook before, but I'll quickly summarize before we give our immediate feedback. Uh, Nintendo's E3 activities will kick off Tuesday, June 13th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. That's 12 p.m. Eastern time. And they will have a video presentation called Nintendo Spotlight uh, E3 2017. This presentation will offer more details about Super Mario Odyssey and other Nintendo Switch games with the focus on games launching in 2017. Reminder for folks, if you're watching this, PSA for you, you can watch all of this on IGN.com. We're also going to be on YouTube.com slash IGN, and we start at 8.30 uh, in the morning of Pacific Time on June 13th, or that is 11.30 if you are on the East Coast, 4.30 p.m. if you're in British Standard Time, and 2 p.m. on Saturday for the Aussies. Second thing in their announcement, Nintendo Treehouse Live will continue to showcase and live stream upcoming Nintendo Switch and 3DS games. And then finally, there are two live tournaments happening. One is for the 2017 Splatoon 2 World Inkling Invitational, which is happening uh, on June 13th, and then uh, which is the first international Splatoon tournament. Mm-hmm. And then finally, June 14th, you'll have an ARMS uh, tournament as well. So immediate reaction right here. What do you guys think of these plans? Well, they haven't announced a whole a whole lot of stuff. Obviously, you know, E3 is about learning about new games, and yeah. you know, they're not going to tell you anything, anything exciting and surprising in an announcement like that. I mean, it sounds like a repeat of last year's plan. Or the year before. Last uh, year was Zelda. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Last year the, the, had some of it with live. That's right. Uh, yeah. Treehouse Live. I forgot. Last year was one, one Hyrule Playground. Yeah, so it sounds like a repeat of the, you know, kind of the digital I- event approach, mm-hmm. rebranded with a new name. Yes. Spotlight. Yeah. Digital event sounds very stark, so I'm, I'm, I, I think it's a smart idea to, sure. uh, to replace that. Um, the only, th- yeah, I, look, I'm, I want to know more, right? Like, ARMS comes out like a week after E3 that or Friday it comes out. And it's like, I get that they're doing a tournament there, and it's kind of like the last um, hurrah for that game before it comes out. But, like, I would love it much more if they announced a new Smash Brothers or something at E3 and then did a tournament for that. Like, a, sure. real, a real surprise like that. They're not going to tell us right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and actually, I, I, to, to push the, back on that a little further, I think that if you do that you are you're sending arms out to 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 what like yeah. to do what you're in the marketplace you know what, I mean? arms what do you do yeah, with your arms yeah, yeah. you're go, you're basically sending you're it out it. to do nothing like at retail wise because now you've shifted all the excitement from fighting communities yeah. to smash i just think that uh, might yeah i also play. think like i think just to say well, it wouldn't come out like a week later right no. like if they, and that's yeah. why smash could or could not show up yeah. at e3 yeah. to, in my book i I'm, i mean i don't think they need smash brothers right now you know 
they just don't like they will eventually I, I would love it i would love to see that there but right now like i think jose is correct they're they're focusing on the games they just launched they're focusing on arms reading the press release from them this morning mm-hmm. had me concerned for a bit because i kept reading we we're focusing on the switch games launching in 2017 but then halfway through the press release they go oh uh the future of the switch and 3ds and beyond and and, and all that mm-hmm. so that got me excited because uh E3 is strange. I'm constantly torn between, like, show me the games that we're playing in the next six months. With Nintendo, they're generally pretty good at that, aside from Zelda, which got delayed and delayed. Uh, But I also want, like, I want a couple of those boat. There's one more, you know, one more surprise Mm -hmm. type of thing. But they're really going into E3 um, in a great, great place. Considering last year, where... We went into E3. They said, we're not talking about Switch. We're not, or NX. They said, we're not showing you anything but Zelda. They said, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. They gave us, they told us all the things they're not doing and the one thing they were. And it kind of made our jobs weird because, and the fans as well, because your expectations immediately are like, Okay, well, we, now I know what's not going to happen. We called it the E3 nightmare. Let's just yeah, be fair, right? Yeah, like, from yeah. the beginning, we were like, this is not how any company typically approaches this. This seems either desperation because it's the only thing they have or it's that good. Yeah. And it ended up being both, really. Right, and then, right. Well, it was that was a really bad year for the Wii U, yeah. and it was also the start of the decline of the 3DS. And yeah. so, you know, it reflected that they really weren't pushing a lot of games for, for those platforms. No, right? it felt like, yeah. it, like you run in one of your friends who hasn't, like, worked in a couple of years but then zelda was so cool but this year your friend's doing awesome like this year your friend okay so nintendo switch is selling incredibly well it's really popular just the mind share around it is huge the the optimism and positivity is there for the system people like it people love it zelda was great mario kart people are obsessed with there's gonna be a bunch of games launching between then and then splatoon comes right after e3 so really the idea of being like well what can they possibly do to top that mario odyssey like at the very least we get footage and let and game play and we get to go hands-on find out what's up with the hat with the the eyes with the first sandbox and they're calling it that the first sandbox mario game since sunshine and 64 i mean that gets me super excited just coming off breath of the wild and what they like they call it a sandbox but like that game does a lot more than most sandbox games do right and in a very subtle and smart way but the nice thing about the announcement is there was a chance that it could have come out and said Last year was so awesome for Zelda. We're going to do Mario. Yeah. Right? Oh. Like that they, they would have only focused on Mario this year, and they're clearly not going to do that. It's yeah. going to be more like the, the traditional E3 where they're saying, here are the games that are coming now, and here are some things at the future. And I bet they will announce a Smash Brothers Deluxe Edition. Like they've got their Mario Kart Deluxe Edition out. Their approach is validated. It's selling, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it and is, like, and we're going to get to that. And they want to, they have here. Splatoon coming out, another online heavy game, and I think mm-hmm. they want to build an online community of people who keep playing and are playing often, and there is, there may be a gap, gap later this year where you have a primarily single-player-driven game like like Mario coming out. Or like the worst-kept right. secret in Ubisoft history in this there whole is, yeah. Mario and Rayman, uh, Rabbids yeah. Kingdom Battle uh, thing that everyone's talking about because yeah. everything leaks uh, so, so that's why early. I think, like, 
it is yeah there will be some people complaining saying it's cheesy to have multiple deluxe releases but this is a game that people play online for a very long time and they want to make sure that franchise doesn't go away yeah i mean you call it cheesy all you want i i lamented when we first heard about all those the wii u ports coming to switch and i was like oh they're too expensive this isn't this i bought i got mario kart on day one (laughs) you love it i love it it's selling millions people are playing it they're excited about it for the first time they're re-excited about it if they played it already like i was sitting there on this show being like i'm kind of pissed off i have that everything's unlocked already i still have put like 20 30 hours into that game so i mean something like smash brothers it's a fantastic game that they put on a system that not a lot of people had like i it makes perfect sense to go through mine all that i mean mm-hmm. throw wind waker hd out there eventually that one i think they'll take their time and on sure, and sure. more people bought the 3ds edition than, than the console version yep. right yeah. so there are lots more people That's who right. did not experience the full kind of high def yep. game yeah so i do want to weigh in with some thoughts um for me uh first of all uh it makes sense to focus on games launching in 2017 only because Nintendo has pretty much trained its audience that they can pull an announcement whenever they want yep. via Nintendo Direct. So if Smash Brothers doesn't show up at E3, and I have a lot of faith, at least it, it, looking at how they want ARMS to succeed or at least have a chance, I think you can sit on Smash only because you can pull that card in September or in December when you do another Direct and say to people, 2018, you're getting Smash Brothers, and here's everything you're going to get, blah, 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 and people will, will lose it for, the, for valid reasons. Um, so it's just a reminder to me that E3 is not where Nintendo places all of its bets or all of its cards, and instead tries to sell you the cards they already told you about, right? right? Uh, which I disagree with it a little bit, too, because I want excitement. I want a Metroid announcement. I want, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of show me something this year. And then it disappears for three years. Like that happened with Zelda, unfortunately. Those guys wanted it to come out in E3 2015. I think they believed that they can do it. They didn't, right? And so it got pushed and it got pushed. But to me, there is nothing more like a hype balloon that gets a little on my nerves when it's E3 number two or E3 number three. And even if it still looks gorgeous, you're still just showing it to me and it's not anywhere within reach. That right. that annoys me a little bit too. Well, that's one of my biggest pet peeves, um, you know, hosting beyond covering PlayStation stuff is that they're, they're Sony is really, really good at being like, look at all this. And then when you pull back a little bit, you're like, well, that doesn't have a release date. That's yeah. just the logo. That's a Kickstarter. Yeah. It still works. And I feel like though, when you have a new system out like the switch, you can't just tell the now story. Like I, I hear you. They might, they might oh, no, do and that. I'm, and I'm not saying they should only, tell the announcement. Yeah. I do they, want them to they, say things about the future. They might do that, but I think now they have to tell the, it's not a Wii U story. Because the Wii U People were burned by that machine because it did not have a long lifespan. It was gone prematurely, right? Um, yeah, but it also could be the victim of, at least internally at Nintendo, switching gears to say, okay, this is life support for this system right. for the next two years yep. while we really ramp up what this new thing is going to be. And you need developers to do that, right? Yeah, and that's why I'm hoping that there's more in the works. Like We yeah. keep on always saying, you know, retro. By the way, stop tweeting at retro. That's not prime rib. And it's annoying. It's brisket, brisket <laughs> and sausages. Um, so more thoughts. From uh, Treehouse Live is going to continue to be their way to showcase their games the way they want to and they're doing that again. I expect the first thing, and we're going to have our predictions up so clearly, but I expect the first thing to be Mario Odyssey, unless there is a bigger story than that for them to tell a bigger narrative game surprise announcement, which I do think there will be one. Yeah. I do think there will be a surprise Switch and a surprise 3DS game, and I think that the surprise Switch game will not be the Ubisoft poorly kept secret that is out there today. Right. Um, I think it can and should and will be something else, because the people planning this thing, I just don't think that makes sense. Animal Crossing. 
I mean, it has a mobile game coming out this year. You would think that they are trying to time those that's, two things together. To me, that's the one, right? Yeah. That's that's the game that's like ha- hardcore users love it, casual users love it. It's perfect as a console game. It's perfect as a handheld game. Switches both. They had that weird uh, channel on Wii U or whatever it was that had yeah. the HD Mar- uh, Animal Crossing. No, we're like, ooh, they have the assets. Like, oh, what are you going to do with those animals? Wii U. Wow. 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 That'd be great. And I really hope we get to see some of the Breath of the Wild expansion season pass expansion stuff yeah know? maybe or you get a second bump when you pull it later but it is listed that's as summer so that's a fair that's yeah. a fair assessment I, that's a and good finally one. i'm a big fan that. of live tournaments i am especially excited to see splatoon 2 out in the wild and being played by an international squad i mean u.s japan europe and australia new zealand will be represented in this tournament that's cool to me that's like awesome. i love that stuff yeah. and uh, it's definitely nintendo trying to reach out to the competitive scenes to the younger gamers to the people who like love watching skill-based play and I think that Splatoon 2, the World Inc., uh, Inkling Invitational, and ARMS potentially have that. I saw an ARMS tournament last weekend, actually, yeah. two weekends ago. Like in Japan. All, like with the ARMS and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it, no, it was, it was exciting. I had a good time watching it. I was also very jealous because the hoodies they had were incredible. Like mm-hmm. Team Nintendo yeah. had like these really good looking uh, uh, ARMS like color based hoodies. Wait, did, on. Yeah. Could, could you drop them and they would like no, go 20 feet long? No, that, that, oh, that, that's, that's your pipe dream. Million dollar merchandise yeah. idea. Yeah, no, like, don't it get there. Me out, man. No, it, it's fun to watch and I think that that game's going to surprise people because it's deeper than they expect. I think the big barrier for us will be is motion control good enough for a fighting right. game to stay competitive? Because in a fighting game, when you make an execution error and it's a button press, I don't know, there's, there's something that you're okay with because you mistimed it. Mm-hmm. If it's a gesture that you made and it didn't register properly, that's very different because the way gesture controls work is very different. So yeah. I'm really, really eager to see how this plays I out. Just, uh, I can't imagine that game has any chance in the competitive circuit like i I think it'll it might be a really really fun multiplayer game it's just like i i mean like the reason why we're talking about like LAN adapters and all that kind of stuff and why that's exciting news is that we are expecting like when you play something competitively everything's got to be fast and everything's got to work when you hit it and i've never encountered motion control game s- where it always works yeah but right? i would i would challenge that with that the fighting game community is very unpredictable if you would have told someone 13 14 15 years ago that melee would still be a tournament game yeah. that right. has more interest in it than smash wii u you would have said no way or the counter-strike continues to to live on i disagree I, th- I think those games stick around i mean like starcraft was famously stuck around for you know a decade in the competitive circuit and then but that you was know, mostly overseas and wasn't then that? like when then yeah, obviously right yeah. huge in korea but like yeah. then when something is off with the successor it's gone right like it gets wiped out and my worry is that a game like arms is just a little bit too far into the casual i think it's realm. Hard. i think it's i think it's yeah. hard to make a decision yet whether or not it plays out it's, it's hard for me i just yeah, we don't we don't i i feel like <laughs> we don't know enough yet but i think that one th- one thing we're missing here is that for this game to really take off uh, the running theme with Street Fighter and Smash Brothers and Overwatch yeah. is that people really gravitate towards the characters. If you love the That's characters, true. all the, I mean, the game has to be technically sound as a fighting game or, sure, or a shooting sure, game, sure. but to really, really latch on, you're going to need to love those characters. And so far, the character designs have been really cool, mm-hmm. and um, we don't know enough about them so far, but I think that if people latch onto them or grab onto them with their arms, uh, then, it'll, <laughs> then it'll work well. I'm glad you pointed Decision, that out, because I think that that's the other thing. But I, again, I think we're at an impasse because it is going to boil down to how good are those motion controls, mm-hmm. and do they properly, do they work 
in every case at all times and you For don't sure. feel like you got cheated I also, by them. I want to say real quick, um, the Splatoon tournament and live gameplay and like, you know, getting fans together from all over the world has rapidly become one of my favorite parts of E3 mm-hmm. because I think that E3 is, to be totally honest, um, it's an incredibly business-driven show now. It's an incredibly like cynical, snark-driven show from the perspective of the audience. And one of my or fondest even from the press a little the bit. Press let's too, be yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Me, uh, considering me as press and audience, and I am guilty of it as well. Yeah. But one of my favorite E three memories of all time was in our war room two years ago, watching them play Mario Maker live, yeah. and yeah. there were a hundred people in this room looking at this TV, and IGN is just mesmerized and we're watching and we're cheering and we're clapping and we're watching this the idea of people all over the world coming together to celebrate how fun they are it is to play a video game together is yeah. something i think we all forget and i something i think e3 forgets so I'm i agree and that, that and i think arms will definitely be good for that it'll be fun and funny to watch yeah. right yeah. people playing and the, the game looks really charming yeah um i'm more reacting on kind of like can does it have legs beyond like yeah. a little showcase that celebrates legs? It? You can't start a sentence with "Does it that's have a, legs?" No, that's a great headline. Does <laughs> arms have legs? <laughs> that's a subhead. Um, no, but but uh, yeah, I, I think that I I'm very pleased that Nintendo continues to yep. bring that back, even though this plan is predictable. Yeah. We saw it in 2014 and we saw it in 2015. You've just rebranded for the most part what what at least the live show is and you're doing two tournaments this time, right? Whereas one t- one year you had the Nintendo World Championship and then a year before that you had the Smash Invitational. Mm-hmm. But those were still fun events to yeah. watch. They were still very smart um, and apparently they're, I think they're happening, I, actually I don't think they've announced where it will happen, whether it's at their booth or at, at a theater or something. I'm not entirely sure, yeah. so I hope I didn't fumble that. But I'm still glad it exists and that the audience will be there to watch but it. But it's predictable because they're now announcing the things that you need to make plans for, right? Like they're yeah. announcing we're going to stream something so you, you can watch us at this time and we're having tournaments so make sure to come and all that. Yeah. They also believe in the mantra of inform and delight, right? Like they will, they've always had surprises, things yeah. that you didn't count yeah. on and they will never announce that in advance. Yeah. So then uh, my question, my last question on this segment before we move on is why set expectations this way? What is it about E3 and specifically Nintendo? And I feel like... Uh, they're the only company that I know that goes out of their way to kind of tell you in a press release, we're only talking about 2017 games. Um, and they're very upfront about that. Is it because of the, the E3 hype balloon and just how folks do get carried does it away? Does say that in there? Does it, it say does, explicitly 2017? I will, I will read it as yes, written. This presentation will offer more details about Super Mario Odyssey and other Nintendo Switch games, comma, with a focus on games launching in 2017. Now, a focus on, by the way, does not mean only, and we've been dancing around that, but that's 100% true, right? right. There was going to be a focus on the last direction on Splatoon and ARMS and we yeah. got a bunch of 3DS games yeah, that we were all like holy amiibo cow and yeah. yeah and all this other stuff and there'll be Amiibo there'll be other discussions but why set expectations that way? Because most of the gameplay you're going to see is going to be from the games coming out this year mm-hmm. and uh, I think they want to make sure that you uh, that you're not disappointed that you know by the all I got was a trailer thing mm-hmm. I mean they, they're there has to be a trailer of a big 2018 game. Like you need yeah. to tell the story that this story, that this, uh, that this console is going to last. Um, but you know, that's not going to be your 10 minute gameplay demo or something that has a lot of, uh, arms. Yeah. Um, or legs. I'm with you on that. I think it's, um, it's the, you, to answer your question, the reason Nintendo more than anyone else has to set these expectations is because us as their fans, 
are completely insane in the best way possible <laughs> because you give us the time you wear a pin with a metroid on it and we're yeah. wild speculation for five years there's a guy in the background that looks like cranky kong we're like oh my god they're remaking like that's just an old man this is just an old man sorry <laughs> that's all it is he's worked with the company for 20 years <laughs> no. i mean no it's it's important to have that right because yeah. i think otherwise we go wild and with speculation and yeah. you know there's nothing wrong with that but yeah. it's good to sort of be like okay Okay, so we can still have wild speculation, but it's within these parameters. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I, I actually appreciate that. Like yeah. I, you know, I, I, I like being surprised. I hate being let down, and I think everybody feels that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like knowing that the focus is 2017 games. Um, Anything that goes beyond that is going to be a surprise. And, and it's still, going to be nice yeah. and welcome. And, and awesome. still being a reminder yeah. that they can pull the trigger on a game announcement when they feel yeah. like it would a direct yeah. in yeah. September, December, whenever the next one comes around, you know that there is the potential of, holy cow, Smash Brothers or Cloud and Smash or Majora's Mask 3DS, which we all thought would happen forever and it yeah. finally did. Like yeah. I can just think back in my career here where we sat around saying this game didn't show up, this game didn't show up, and then at some point yeah. it will or it does and you're excited and you're still happy. Yeah. I think that's a really fascinating thing about Nintendo specifically is that they do have these micro E3s all throughout the year and it sort of alleviates the pressure at E3 to make these big five-year-long plans for the way they're going to move and evolve through the industry and all the games they're going to announce. Because like three months later, they could be like, oh, by the way, here's an hour on Animal Crossing. I think for hardcore kind of core console gamers, the only missed opportunity is that when somebody, you know, during the week of E3, whether you're watching all the content or not, like there's a tremendous amount of chatter. On social, on IGN, on YouTube, everywhere you go, right? Where people will say, man, I got to get a PS4 because The Last of Us 2 is coming out. That was my favorite game on the last console. Or you'll say, I I have to get a Switch because Mario looks so great. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where there is sometimes a missed opportunity where a lapsed Nintendo gamer will say, well, I'm not going to get a Switch yet because, you know, there's no F-Zero on the horizon or there's no 1080 snowboarding or no Metroid and... And, and I think E3 is the time where you could build that you know, expectation that, no, you're, you're going to get all those games. Right, Even if you right. just show a logo like Sony does with yeah. Spider-Man or something, you know, like yeah, yeah, you or get this, you get this sense yeah. as like, okay, I have limited amounts of resources and money to spend this year. I'm going to get a Switch this Christmas because look at everything that's coming for yeah. Yeah. But well, you. That's you, who they're trying to sell to yeah. with the games that they choose. Sorry. No, and you're correct. And you have to future-proof it a little bit. And we are, you know, I mentioned the, pos- the really strong Switch sales right now. We are in a bit of a honeymoon phase, and we don't know how many of those are just the that core group of Nintendo fans that buy almost everything. I mean, the, the Wii U was selling pretty well at this point in its life cycle. Yep. It tanked eventually, yeah. pretty quickly. But, um, but, the, but the sentiment was much more negative. Like, yes. when after the Wii yes. U came out... I I heard so much more kind of like from owners, oh, this and that, and what's it's the future slow, of the machine? Yeah. And, uh, we're here with Switch. Like, yep. if yeah. you go into our comments, you'll see how many people who have a Switch will say it's awesome, and the negativity is mostly from people um, who uh, who don't own one. If you disagree, by the way, you know, leave us a comment in the, you know, on, on IGN on the show or on our YouTube channel on the show, and just kind of like, if you're a Switch owner, you're disappointed, let us know why. Yeah, I think the question that Nintendo has to be asking themselves right now is like, you know, who is going to continue to buy the switch after the hardcore have already done it and the people who are into it right now like if you if you haven't bought a switch yet and you're asking yourself like what's what will it take for me to get that 
Um, Nintendo's probably sitting there being like, well, how do we get that person over here? Like, yeah, what yeah. game do we have to announce to bring them over? I think so. the thing, too, in this discussion that we haven't done is give these guys some credit for what the first year of software looks like. It's awesome. Because uh, if you think about your typical first year release, which granted would have more games on day of sale, but also uh, then slows down significantly. Uh, so far, at least, we've seen a trickle of game to game to game. But more specifically, the first party stuff has been or has the potential to be strong. Yeah. You have your Breath of the Wild, which is the killer app that uh, a, console, a game like that with a console launch has not been seen in a very long time. Yeah, probably never You're will. Following again. that up with a port of your best Mario Kart game, which you know blows the pants off of. I mean, what happened to the mascot Kart Racer? Nintendo still owns that category, and it is very. <laughs> much the only thing that game shows is that your multiplayer is not together yet that's the only mistake you made there you're going on to arms which is a new ip one two switch was in there by the way it was a weird casual play it didn't hit with us it seems to still be on a road to sell a million units which yeah. is not a terrible sign for them um despite it not hitting with the crowd that watches or listens to ign um then you got splatoon in july then you've got xenoblade somewhere in there oh, then yeah. you've got this ubisoft game somewhere in there that no one can shut up about right and then you've got uh mario odyssey and yeah. there's probably one more uh, oh let's not forget fire emblem warriors is this year yeah. that's another thing that we're getting that we, we completely forgot about it's been yeah. roughly every six to eight weeks you get a brand new kind of first party yeah, shape diverse genres yeah. smart plays cool stuff uh, for me it's sex the expectation and we're going to talk about this at some point on the show in the future because we should move on just what does year two look like and when do you start touting that horn because you it doesn't sound like you're really going to do that at e3 well it's it's why i'd like e3 to start to tell the story of how third parties will continue to you don't want to know or begin to uh do some of the heavy lifting on the platform you know third parties are sort of like when we we got minecraft we got cool stuff like snake pass Mm -hmm. mr shifty like a lot of cool little indie games and stuff like that i want to get more sort of you know let's let's see the skyrims let's see the nbas let's see the assassin's creed the games coming out yeah. this year that's right because i mean we in since we you know last spoke with all this stuff in the last couple of weeks we've gotten new announcements on call of duty and battlefront and there's new leaks in assassin's creed egypt or whatever it is um and it seems to be kind of quiet on the switch front for many i don't think things. we'll get yeah i don't think we'll see the the games that really push the graphical right, envelope right. i agree but like i and and that's understandable like assassin's creed um is, is going to be a pretty resource intensive game. Uh, but like the, it's the hearthstones of this world that where I'm like, Nintendo, you gotta work to get these yeah. like mm-hmm. these games that people still talk about after launch, like months and months after launch and are being played perpetually on this platform. And they've been able to do that with like Isaac and games yeah, like yeah, that yeah, that people right. still play. And Minecraft. When, when yeah. you go into Minecraft, your yeah. Nintendo Switch menu or your, your shop, which like quick PSA, you can now add a credit card to. And now lists every game Remembers. released in order of uh, an, uh, of release for instead of just best selling and new new releases. So it's got everything in there. Yeah. It's just cool to see them to see them evolve. That um, it's really cool. I check every week and I see the top ten, and it's really awesome to see. You've got like Zelda's been bumped down a little bit. Wheel was up there, man. Wheel's yeah. up there. Mario Mario Kart's, Mario Kart's up, there. up there, obviously. But then you also see stuff like Binding of Isaac. You see yeah. stuff like Snake Pass. You know, SN, what's that SNK shooter that came out? Like uh, you, uh, it's one of the Neo Geo classics. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing Star, I believe it's really. Yeah, I fun. think it did is. You, did you buy it? It's good. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that new game in Japan that it's sort of a, a, a versus two player rhythm action fighting game? 
No. Like, so you're 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 shooting one of three orbs at another player, and they have to respond and shoot them down. But I think there's a rhythm aspect to it. Oh, cool. It's really freaking weird. Only I mean, in the Japanese eShop. So far, I've only seen yeah. in the Japanese eShop. I didn't touch the Europe one this morning, but I was like, what is this game? Is there a and, demo? Uh, I didn't see one. Interesting. I, I didn't check for one though. I just kind of peeked and was like, "What the heck is this?" Yeah, because friendly <laughs> reminder, you'll get that or you'll get Vroom, which is the biggest piece of the, the, the ugliest turd I've ever seen. Oh, that that shop. witch bicycle video That's game. Not, yeah, what the hell? I, oh my goodness! Yeah, it's like, one of the only Switch games I know nothing about. I kind of want to. I kind of want to bite the bullet. You would have bought it. Like, well, no, I kind of wanted to do a let's play for Upper Noon or something, just to be like, this is the the Switch game no one's talking about. You know? And nor should that. Well, I'll outside of localization. <laughs> thanks, thanks for helping them. Yeah. I'm trying, you know, trying to get some money in the hands of the witch bicycle genre. Yeah, it's clearly. All right, so let's move up, uh, forward a little bit here. Uh, so stuff we missed last week. We did miss a story because uh, in the interest of time, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Sales uh, was the best-selling debut for the series. Nintendo said that 459,000 downloads uh, and package sales on launch day alone. So that's probably shipped. I don't think that's sold. That's but really they're calling the it an attach rate of 45%. Day one. Oh. Day one. Debut. Not not over time day one right uh, half a million on one day yeah because uh, they're they're the metrics they release are a little misleading a little bit right like they'll find they'll find the one kind of data point that sounds awesome like fastest selling Nintendo console in a X day period so right pre- like they'll do they that list the previous record holder yeah. they said the highest first day of sales in the franchise was Mario Kart Wii with U S sales of approximately four hundred and thirty three. 1900 when it launched in yep. 2008 and the Wii had that's, a lot of buzz going with the two. So that's really impressive because the 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 drop was, the was already over on yeah. the Wii uh, oh, so console. The, the so we had been out for a few amazing, years man. at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it had so been. It, this is big install base. This is huge. Yeah. Like this is some It has the potential to do more too. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's no, really definitely. Cool. Well, I think this like what's cool about this game specifically is uh this game will have legs. Mm-hmm. I don't know about arms, we but it will definitely have like I think I think people will be buying Mario Kart for a very long time. Well, that's what happened on the, if you remember in the DS age, like every month new Super Mario Brothers, yep. new Super Mario yep. Brothers these games would stick around mm-hmm. months after months and we like we started calling it the Nintendo effect where like a game doesn't drop in price well, because it keeps on selling like a new one. We've seen that effect with like Gran Turismo 5 and we've seen yep. that effect with NBA 2K and Minecraft. we've seen that effect with Minecraft I just said the Minecraft, I apologize. Yeah, yeah no I, I, I led with that. It's a Minecraft um, there. I did some Minecraft there. Uh, I want to call out really quick our tournament winners so mitchell took first place this week with 69 points in the battle challenge a lot more people participated in the ign battle challenge thank you for joining us cody came in second place with 51 and son of odin with 47 <laughs> ign mushroom cup nimrod led with 177 points nice. followed closely by uh player zachary but he had a four for the a the first a in that name and skanderberg uh, who had 175 and 174 points respectively and the winner of nintendo voice chats get the thief invitational <laughs> dustin for uh excuse me, Dustin 20 with 134 points. Uh, this is a podcast exclusive tournament and in little code. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the, the turnout was low. So if you're interested in playing shine thief with, uh, the Nintendo voice chat community, three, two, four, three, nine, seven, one, seven, eight, four, one, one is the tournament code. You need Dial to the love for. line. Yeah. And you can, you the can join us again. Nintendo voice chat is brought to you by Gamefly, the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. Gamefly lets you try your favorite games and movies before you buy them and keep the games as long as you want, which you'll definitely need for a game like Zelda Breath of the Wild. There are no late fees and you can cancel anytime. You can even rent movies. Movies! 
A premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com slash NVC. So go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. That's Gamefly.com slash NVC. Here we go. So let's switch over really quickly to the question block. And wait, I have a... By the way, I'm going to play Saturday again on the, in the I tournament. try to play Fridays okay. in the afternoon. Yeah? Late. Like when the tournament starts, I'm usually in there. Okay. Like I got you playing from work still or what? Yeah, I'm usually okay. just here, so gotcha. I'm like, yeah, we can do it. I, yeah. I usually jump in like Saturday morning, and then uh, I, I mean, last in the race, the room was full. Yep. I mean, we were at 12 players. My my daughter was able to sneak in after a while, but it, it was a good good turnout. So thank you guys. So we got an email from uh, Jason Oldham. This is the question block segment. Remember that you can email us at mvc at ign dot com and uh, send your question. Usually with the subject head, the question block, it just helps me find it a little easier. And please remember to keep your question condensed somewhat regardless jason says i hate the 3ds i love Aww. fire emblem awakening and pokemon sun and moon but i hated playing them with such terrible graphics for all its flaws the wii u brought hd nintendo games and i loved that there was never a second playing my 3ds where i didn't wish i could play the same game in hd on my wii u thought the switch was the answer and it might be someday but with the 2ds excel nintendo seems intent on keeping this platform alive which means to me more games i have to buy on 3ds instead of getting them getting to play them in hd on switch i hope not another 3ds ever sells (laughs) that's a bit extreme but how long do you think we will have to put up with playing good games on what is now an inferior handheld huh well first of all i think this is really 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 uh like i get i get your opinion man and and you're entitled to it (laughs) uh but and i get also that switch switch is sort of your i've transition point i've moved on uh but at the same time come on man give the 3ds a lot of credit like that so platform do you not agree so i mean like no, I well, think no deep i don't deep well, down we all agree you know hold on i, I mean I don't really i think they're separate audiences and they I, can be in i the agree and disagree yeah you can't or say me you can't say the 3ds has terrible graphics it doesn't it's got a terrible screen with bad <laughs> resolution but a game like majora's mask is a gorgeous game yeah, there's a terrible. beautiful game in there i've seen people rip like three DS emulator screenshots mm-hmm. that look like something that would be running on a Switch. Yeah, Jason. Uh, sorry. Yeah, not yeah. to pile on you. I'm you just dunked kidding. on Jason. <laughs> no, but but I, I mean, I think we selfishly, yeah, like we have both of these machines. You said selfishly, the games, though. The games on the Switch will look better. We, we already, we're already carrying one machine. I'm with you. I would love it if every game at least also released on the Switch so I wouldn't have to bother with the 3DS anymore. I, I don't need but, every game. But... There is a huge audience of people who own a 3DS, and it would be a shame if they didn't get. Yeah, let, let me stop you there. Yeah. This is your reminder, your PSA reminder, that not everything Nintendo does is for you. Ooh. For you. Sometimes it's for kids, like what this Hey Pikmin game so far looks like. Or sometimes it's Metopia, which is IGN Kryptonite, but I love that game, and yep. I'll gladly play it on that 3DS. I don't care. I had an amazing experience with my 3DS the other day. By the way, you're not being ungrateful. I think no, you're no, entitled we're, to we're just, we're just yeah, being sassy. We're just being sassy. Uh, I, I opened up my. My sexy. 3D. Sassy. Oh, sassy. sassy. Okay. And sexy. Oh, when I'm sexy, you'll know it. Right. Uh, <laughs> I opened up my 3DS the other day for the first time in like three months, and I noticed that it had a Breath of the Wild. What are you looking at? Oh, wow. Come on. Get it with it. Okay, no, 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 let's see, let's no see. I noticed I bought, yeah. I had bought a Breath of the Wild theme for it like two weeks before that game launched because I was so excited for Breath of the Wild. So I got that theme and then closed my 3DS and then the Switch came out and I played Breath of the Wild for 300 hours and oh. I came back and I was like, oh yeah, I bought a JPEG of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Good sound. to 
see you, 3DS. It sounds, yeah. It sounds. No, it's really nice. Um, no, I hear you, Jason. I'm, I think they can be separate, separate platforms, and I think that they can use that 2DS, 3DS, which is a branding nightmare that, thank God, Switch got it right. Yeah. Um, but I'm so happy to see, like, just, just give the kids some games. Let them have the, the, the Kirby. Unleash the Kirby and move on. I think, to answer more directly, answer his question, I think this is a year to a year and a half max what's left for 3DS. I don't yeah. think it hangs on for two full years. Now, that's completely yeah. uninformed. That's just my guess. I think that they're just not ready to move on quite yet. And let's see what that big holiday game is going to be, right? Because it yeah. has to have one. There's no world where, 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 they, where they revised hardware and did not have a game. Yeah, at I, the same time, when you get like games like, imagine Box Boy was on the Switch. Like, why wouldn't it make sense for them to also output a 3DS version? I was going to say just that, like, right? You can still support it with, with kind of like the simple games. I think for an architecture, yeah. right? Like, it takes work. I'm sorry. You no, can, no, no. You, 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 fin- you, you sort of like finish off the releases you have going for, for 3DS and, and then you try to make them so there's uh, sort of at the same time you have a switch game and a 3ds game launched at the same time right so that that us as consumers have choices that said the nintendo 3ds is one of the most successful game systems of all time it's up there in in the top what five or six right Also one of the best like they they got a lot of franchises on this thing like you can say the ds sold more but you were happier with the games on your 3ds version because they were not touch-based or they appealed to more classic sensibilities of what you wanted and with these exceptionally popular platforms we see very weird things such as like madden 2011 coming to ps2 like (laughs) things like this happen so you you might you will not see the end of the 3ds for a while those those big third party or first party games they're gonna they're gonna trickle away and head to switch eventually but you're still gonna get the random release on 3ds for years and years to come that that system has a lot of life left in it yeah but jason thank you so much for emailing us we do i do definitely appreciate your question uh next one is from brian in ottawa canada I'm Uh, i'm rigging the system uh, hey guys, uh, no, uh, hi. <laughs> I've been uh, speculating about the upcoming online features for Switch with a friend of mine. I'm really interested in the ways that Nintendo plans on using mobile devices for online functionality. One of the ideas that we came up with was for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. What if users were able to receive notifications on our devices telling us that a friend has topped our best time, for example, in a time attack? This idea will probably go further and have functionality in other games as well, depending on the idea, of course. Sure. Do you guys think this might be a good idea or something that Nintendo is looking into? Uh, I first of all, I don't think we'll ever know what Nintendo is looking into. We can we can get a, a seance going. We can get a, a psychic. Yeah, these are just things that you won't know. But I do think that it is a smart idea. We've seen Forza do it. We've seen other games try this whole competitive multiplayer approach. Yeah. So I like the concept. It's just the larger question of I need to see their infrastructure first. I need to see what this online is before I'm ready to believe that they're going to build in these hooks to kind of keep players being competitive right. with each other. Yeah, I mean there have been games that use a, a mobile platform as a support device and even have kind of like some mini games that tie in with the, the console or PC versions and some of them can be really clever like I would love an Animal Crossing game where time continues in the game and you get an update on like whether your your tree has grown or something right like that kind of stuff I love those ideas you want to know if your and tree grew but as someone, what a text <laughs> no, but as someone ooh my tree um, the apples are but, back but as a Forza player I really love the kind of competitive factor yeah. of in the game it, it messaging when somebody beats you like mm-hmm. you really got this kind of sense of like rivalry you went back in and you challenged that that person to, to another race um, I think that'd be great to do that on a mobile device especially because 
the sw- switch maybe in your backpack you know like you can you can hook up somewhere and and say oh yeah i'm gonna get back at you I, th- I think that's a great idea i think that the mobile chat app has to have a few more hooks in it otherwise it just ends up being your nintendo version of skype which mm-hmm. i think would be a mistake on nintendo's part i think that given that they are so driven by a, a very sort of, I don't know, a a very different cadence in their products and in the way they communicate to you and in the way they try to be charming all the time. I think there is something to what that chat app can be and what it can do when you're not playing an online. I hope it's, I hope it's more than just a support chat app because, you know, services like Snapchat and WhatsApp have become so big mm-hmm. and, you know, they've become big by doing something special in some ways, right? Like Snapchat really capitalized on, you know, the filters and the masks you can wear and all that. Like imagine if a Nintendo messaging app functions away from the console but used like the Nintendo characters yeah, in a like fun the way. App. And gave you like, yeah, and gave you like leveling. That. They would be able able to get a fan audience going and using the application even if they weren't playing games i think that'd be awesome my favorite thing that uh, xbox one does with their uh i think they still call it smart glass i hope they don't but i'm not sure um but the the companion app on your phone what i really enjoyed was if you were an xbox live subscriber Mm -hmm. any in-game screenshot or any video was basically stored on the cloud and you can share and tweet them when you're away from the game which i would appreciate more because like i'm my PlayStation, I take a lot of photos, yep. and then later I, I want to tweet them later. I don't want to tweet them in the moment because sometimes it's just so, I'd rather stay invested in the game, and I forget to. And of course, that's silly social stuff. But it's still like, hey, games are social now. Yeah. We want to share the weird things. Like in Prey, I'm playing Prey right now. I stumbled upon someone's D and D game, and you see the little cardboard, and you see all the little character sheets, and I'm like, this is this is adorable. Like yeah. this is cool stuff that I want to kind of point out, and I can't. You no, know, the cloud thing is a great idea too because it's like you know you go into work, you're talking talking to your coworker, you're out like at a bar or something and you're like this amazing thing happened to me in breath of the wild the other day yeah. and if you don't have your switch on you it'd be cool to just sort of be like oh i have a picture of it you pull out your phone yeah, yeah or a video of it because it's going to have video at one yeah. point so the, but then it costs more it, it, the price of what the service is can be impacted by this yeah i'm fair. i'm like very I'm, I'm very I'm, I'm very like randomly reminded in my head when i'm playing nintendo switch i'm like Oh yeah, that's right. They announced back in January that a paid online is coming to this mm-hmm. that has virtual console games that I believe disappear at the end of the month, but you have the option to buy them. I'm like, that's so weird. <laughs> anyway, Mario Kart. Yeah. It's like just pops in my head. I'm like, what are they gonna do with this? Like yeah. it's so it's so interesting. And it's also, I think the issue so far is that their online hasn't been phenomenal no so it's a reminder gonna, that it's dated yeah and they're gonna have to pivot with all of that at some point before they start saying like cough up the bucks because i think what you needed you have to give something to somebody that's really good before you take it away and make Four them sorts of adventures right well no splatoon 2 is going to be the game that will upsell you on online that is going to be when you get that beta for the chat app that is going to be the game where they push the marketing muscle behind this is what our online service can and should sure. look like. Yep. And that'll be what they'll push through the summer really when in the fall they say, hey, now you got to pay for it. Yeah, but then, I mean, like the big intriguing part to me, and like we didn't even talk about that in the E3 discussion, is like what are these weird online games? Like these retro, retrofitted games, it's right? So strange, like right? that have uh, online multiplayer in them. I, I, look, I, I think... <laughs> I think there's going to be something really cool there that we're not even guessing at. Um, I'm curious to see what it is. I will bet you they don't talk about it until August or September. think so? I think they drag this out as long as they can because either they're figuring it out or they don't want to show up to E3 
say a bunch of stuff that people are going to be upset about potentially like not really sure of like they want to focus on games because they want you buying games the services time will come i would be surprised if at e3 they pull the trigger on the service Dude, those arcade archives oh, no, they, i don't think that tr- i think the, they'll announce oh, no, what a game will be. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. and i, I yeah. guess not not let me rephrase not I'm gonna the, go live yeah. yeah it's not gonna go live it's gonna be hey with splatoon you're getting the chat at right. beta and you're kicked off but once that beta has begun i will i would bet you september or august is when they finally say okay here are the details here's what the virtual console looks like mm-hmm. here's all of these other things which that's a long time it's like by the seven way. months of neo yeah. geo games those guys are going to be loaded that's what i'm saying like they're sitting back and being like you want retro games for like seven bucks and new one every week we're doing it right now man you know there's a guy in japan in an office at neo geo yeah company right now going like ah brian bought another game yeah he goes he, he like goes they're banking on you it's man. like drag and drop another rom into the <laughs> into the switch folder ryan <laughs> <laughs> okay would you like um, to last question eight. and then we're gonna we're, we're gonna bail uh this one comes from good friend of the show charles gadson who says uh i don't think we answered this last week but i meant to bring it up hello nvc i bring a cube shaped query before you um I'm not sure what that means. Why is the Nintendo Switch's outlook more positive and much better received than its predecessors, the Wii U, in its first two months on the market? To put your thinking caps on a little tighter, it, will, it would be nice if each one of you named only one reason. True, there are a variety of us. reasons, but if you had to narrow it down to a classic, bonafide, IGN list, what would it look like? Uh, he has top four reasons here. We only have three people today, so you're getting top three. <laughs> Thanks, uh, and have a great day. Can I go first? Yep. Ah, I want you go first. Go no, no, no. I've been going you, first. You go host. No, you no, no, this. no, no, no. It's fine. Go, Jose. Please do it. Okay. Uh, number three. We'll count back to, to you. Woo! Um, it's incredibly easy to explain. Okay. I feel like the Wii U was not. I still don't know what the Wii U was. The Wii U's vision was that you could walk anywhere in your house and it would work. And it stopped working seven feet away from my Wii U for me. Um, it was clunky and strange. Did, could, did it need motion controllers? Did slow. it need Wii controllers? It was slow. Um, the Switch just works. You put it in front of somebody, you put it in someone's hands, it, it, you can explain it to them in seconds. And the Wii U came with a caveat where you're like, look, you can use this controller and play games on it. And it's like, oh, yeah, can you take it upstairs? No. no. Right? Like, there, you had to explain everything. This device, you're absolutely right. You see it docked. You take it out. You're like, that's like magic. That's yep. so cool. Like, Dude. it's, you know, technically yeah. not that advanced. Like, the, an iPad was, dock would be The commercial be had no words in it. It just what? played a song. And people were like... And you got it. One, the thing that really hurt Wii U most of all, I don't think, was the the graphics tech per se. It was that the machine was slow. It was that every transition was a wait. Miiverse, anything is original. uh, The the original menus, yeah, yeah. Just turning on the system when it came out. It wasn't until that June 2014 update where it was like, oh, the the gamepad doesn't really go to sleep and it has a fast turn on. Well, now wasn't until then that they figured out how to get that machine to boot up faster. Couldn't even you couldn't even leave the TV off and do stuff on the gamepad, remember? Because like your menus yeah. were like con- convolute and had yeah. to be used uh, in in two places. Yeah, and they also put 3D, uh, excuse me, not 3DS, yeah. DS games on it, and I feel like that was even more confusing because so if you confusing. wanted them both on one screen, you had this weird overlay you had to deal with, or you had like here's an oversized screen, here's a small size screen, or there's one up there and there's one down here, and you're gonna figure this out, or you can revert. I don't know if you can reverse the order, yeah. but it was it was it was just confusing. That was yeah. what problem. That was the biggest problem so i got two things i'll uh no, I'll, I'll, one. One. no I'll, Wait, go I'll go with whatever next i'll go i'll go with whatever you don't have Look at this. should i pick one gm privilege no i'll go next yeah sure okay but remember last is first we're counting back to one yeah 
You can, you okay. get to say mine. That's it. You get to number be number two. One. Number two. It launched with the most talked about game of the year. Um, it launched yours? with it launched with Breath of the Wild. Uh, I could have picked a different one. Just keep going. It launched with Breath of the Wild, which had already a lot of buzz um, around it last year. And then when it hit, it was like everybody who played it loved it and talked about it. And everybody had, and I get to use this word now, everybody had a story to tell yes. about their game and where they are in the world. And like, oh my God, you didn't do that or you didn't see that yet. And so it became this kind of like viral phenomenon as people started to talk about it. Certainly one one of the most covered Nintendo games, you know, in the first month of its release on on uh, social platforms on YouTube and so forth. And so they had a must-have game at launch. Now, yes, it was also on the other machine, but nobody talked about that. I was going to play a game while you kept going. No, oh, yeah, what do you got? <laughs> okay. Um, so mine uh, is going to was going to be experience. Um, it, the idea that. It kind of ties a little closer to yours, I think, but just the concept that the transition between playing at home and playing on the go was entirely seamless. And we were concerned about that, right? When you first see them pull it out of the dock in the very first reveal, you said to yourself, can it really be that easy? Or when they were just yanking off controllers and putting them in other controllers or handing them to friends, no sign of the Joy-Con strap inside and we were still worried about, well, this is too small. Didn't matter. They had a solution for that too. Mm -hmm. Like there were so many things that when you saw it, you were just like, wow, experience wise, this (laughs) is very fast, very efficient. It is straight into the point. So it it does brush up, I think, with with yours about just explaining its elegance and just how elegantly they nailed the concept. No, you're totally right. Um, but I think that those were the things that the minute we saw them, we found it hard to believe because well, we doubted, we we doubted was, it. it was not those things. It was everything but those things. Well, yeah. seeing it in handheld mode in that original trailer, you're like, I bet you the battery's 45 minutes long. It gets really hot. You know, the screen's probably crappy and low resolution, just like it was in the Wii U. Yep. Um, seeing seeing the Joy-Cons come off, you're like, I'll never play with those. They're tiny. It doesn't make any sense. I, I use my Switch everywhere now. Yeah, I yeah. fly with it. I, I, I told the story a couple weeks ago my wife and I sitting next to each other on a plane I popped off the Joy-Cons we played Puyo Tetris with each other for like two hours we switched over to Mario Kart I put on the Joy-Con straps we were power sliding and stuff like that they work they're not the best controllers in the world but on a damn airplane like it works you know or it it is the park or a bar wherever it is the world's first multiplayer portable console like there is nothing like it you could not do this with a 3DS you certainly don't do it with an iPad no it is something there are a few examples of those things but Every and almost any game on this has the potential to just go. Let's, let's go. Yeah, and then that intuitive design and that kind of the the you know easy ease of understanding the system also um, is backed up by the branding, right? Like if you think about it, when you hear the name Switch and you see the the design of the machine, it instantly sticks with it, with you. You understand why it's called Switch. I still don't know why the Wii U is called Wii U. What about honestly, new Nintendo 2DS XL? No, but, 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 but like, I mean, it rolls right off the tongue. Think about it. Like, Wii U sounded like some marketing BS somebody came up with. And then it came at a time which they, Nintendo failed to predict that the Wii brand was getting tarnished. It was not the hot thing anymore with a kind of like with an influencer um, uh, consumer. It was, it was still hot with the mainstream. Yeah. Well, and they had good intentions, right? They were like, oh, your old Wii controllers work. Everything yeah. will be part Everything of this old. System. Everything old. It's backwards compatible. We want to accept you into and help you transition to the new thing. The Wii University. Whereas, whereas this completely cut the cord and yeah. said that's, and we were worried about that. Reboot. We were saying to ourselves, this is the first time with a home console, Nintendo has kind of, well, not with a home console, with anything that's even slightly portable, where 
Nintendo said last category. Who cares? By the way, how yeah. funny is it that nobody talks about discs anymore? That was the ah, it's not going to use discs. That was yeah. the big shocker, right? No, like, but there is still the sticker you shock. Don't, you though. don't think about it anymore. There, but there is still the sticker shock reaction of ten dollars more for Switch games. That's true, yeah, but that's going retail. away, right? We yeah. we just saw. I mean, one of the news stories was uh, a game. Rhyme, Rhyme. Rhyme is now digitally yep. the same price everywhere and at retail ten bucks more. Yeah. Um, and and I think that the, the slight outrage over it is justified, but it's also hey guys, these are cartridges. Like of course. There's going to be a cost yep. tied to them. I'm not, I'm not forgiving or exonerating Nintendo of any blame from that. But this is the format they chose, and I don't think they were wrong for doing that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you guys. Were, I mean, we covered this to death during this era. We tried every single week to find things we loved about the Wii U during the, the dark ages of Nintendo Voice. <laughs> <laughs> but I think ultimately, like, <laughs> we tried, man. We tried. tried in review. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're like, you know, w- we went from the Wii, which everyone kind of understood. You held the controller. It was multiplayer. It brought people together, right? And the Wii U, that you meant you were by yourself with this tablet. <laughs> and they took this this thing that was, it really defied one of the core tenets of Nintendo, which is getting people together to play video games. And they got to keep that, like, you know, you have that isolation handheld thing and they got to keep it's that right nintendo land tried right like there were there there were a couple of games that really yeah tried. but think about the control but um, it didn't look like it yeah think about the way you controlled nintendo land yeah think about that do you remember it was t- 25 different ways like very one complicated game this, one it's game a fun this. party game though like, totally and i i enjoyed yeah. it i'm glad yeah. it was there let me but. be the samus ship yeah yeah and yeah. the fight over that um no i i agree with all of that and i think that the last thing i would say about this machine is that i think it surprised everyone who in this age of super sophisticated ways to play games, including this very expensive device in your pocket, which you're paying a premium for, but it is a premium quality device that Nintendo is able to sort of, I don't want to say cobble together because it sounds sort of uh, um, reductive, but they are able to put together something that on the surface isn't outputting in 4k isn't pushing like the most ram of any cartridge system but is able to still satisfy portable expectations and in a way that had never been done before Mm -hmm. to me and this might be a bit hyperbole to some and you guys can shoot me down on this if you want but it does remind me of the a little bit of the transition when remember we had flip top cell phones and remember they lasted a week yeah and they didn't do much else but they did one thing really well they had some crappy games on them maybe bejeweled or something like that but bejeweled i think they did you know what game I had on my first cell phone? Snake. Falling Numbers. Okay. You know what Falling Ooh. Numbers was? The, that was a game where numbers fell and you had to type in the numbers. That was the yeah. whole game. Yep. Like the fact that I can bring Zelda anywhere now is like, see, that's <laughs> you good falling that's numbers. You're so smart today. There it is. I know. There it is. I knew about those numbers. But, but when didn't I do math, you grind the brain. You didn't do math in the game. You just hit the same just, number. The number. It was like three, three, four. <laughs> nice. Was, but when I think about um, the transition after iPhone came out, and granted, it was incredibly expensive. Yep. Uh, it didn't have an app store, but it was still a strong enough phone experience unlike anything you'd done and then phase two of course was the app store and the dominance and all of the things that came with that to me that is the type of transition this machine seems to be setting up now whether or not it ends up going as far as these guys did with this I don't know if I would go that far or that crazy, but I would say that this is disruptive in a way that people didn't expect it to be. Yes. No one expected it to do what it ended up doing so well. What do you think? What, what, what are you going to say when Sony hype, reveals the, the, crazy? the PlayStation, uh, the PlayStation Go at the uh, at the E three event where they I'm have a redesign redesign PS3 that uh, has removable controllers. Sure, yeah, sure, it. bring it on. This is yeah. an amazing concept. I hope everyone steals it. Do you, you think, think anybody's going to dare? 
I think it's risky. Because motion oh, controls man. got ganked yeah. and done so much that everybody was bored with it. Yeah. The, the second, second screen, screen got yanked yeah. and then got done so much and marketed so heavily that people said, don't tell me what to do on my second screen. I'm going back to YouTube. And right? I, don't, I don't need Wikipedia, an encyclopedia to this game to tell me what this game is. I yeah, can right. look at lore and all that other stuff in my spare time. I don't need that. What Sony should do if they want to rip off the Switch is do what they did with the move controllers. You just take the same exact thing and you put a glowing ball on top of it. <laughs> wow. Just like a clown yeah. nose on top. Around it. The PlayStation Move Never get hit by a car again. I don't think they will <laughs> until the they see this thing take off really well. Like I, I just don't think anyone is immediately looking at the concept. Although I think there was, uh, I don't know if that, that was actually ended up being true, something Sony related. But, um, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, they, they yeah. did. I mean, everybody's kind of thought about the concept. I think. I'm sure if you dig through patents or you know talk to any of these uh, the console makers, they thought about it. Ooh, okay. Back yeah. to the Sega age, probably yeah, where it yeah. just wasn't feasible. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, we're out of time. Uh, so we've got to wrap we went a bit over today i apologize to you both if you have places to be um okay i'm glad you're cool uh thank you for watching and listening to into the voice chat we're a weekly show on ign and remember you can watch us in a bunch of places you can see us on ign.com you can see us on youtube.com slash nintendo voice chat make sure you subscribe there or to youtube.com slash ign of course we love to keep you up to date on everything we're making and everything we're doing and also, leave us comments. Send us an email, nbc at ign.com. Let us know what you think of the show or send us questions for the question block. Finally, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Brian Altano at Agent Bizzle. You can find Per Schneider at Per IGN. You can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you so much for watching and for listening and for sticking around for an hour and 20 minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll see you next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.